The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. It was one week ago the Supreme Court threw out President Biden's plan to cut student loan debt for more than 40 million Americans. Now those people are facing the prospect of higher monthly payments when they resume paying off that debt in October. That comes after a three-year pause on payments due to the pandemic. It's not just former students who could feel the pain. The broader economy could take a hit as well. Student loans account for nearly 10% of all outstanding consumer credit, and the prospect of payments resuming could also curb consumer spending. Here with more is Denise Pellegrini in a Bloomberg Radio special report. It's hard for me to wrap my head around repayment becoming a thing just because it's been pushed off so many times up until this point. Megan is 25. She's been working at charter schools in Boston and elsewhere after graduating from a top private liberal arts college in Connecticut. And she says she's in shock that she'll have to start repaying all of the tens of thousands of dollars she owes. I can see myself, my lifestyle changing a lot, unfortunately. And Megan is one of millions of students, former students and others reeling after the Supreme Court threw out the Biden administration's plan to forgive between ten and $20,000 of student debt for many. For the typical student loan borrower, they're, they're going to start paying about three, $400 a month. Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, says the one-two punch of not having some of the debt forgiven and having to resume the monthly payments as soon as October is going to be painful. For many student loan borrowers, younger borrowers, lower income borrowers, That's tough. Tough for borrowers like 27-year-old Marcus, a middle school history teacher and first-generation college grad in the Philadelphia metro who owes about $50,000 in student loans and says all of this has him feeling anxious. I'm feeling pretty, uh, I'm not going to lie, it does sting. It does hurt. The fact is, uh, you know, we're not going to be given this assistance. Marcus is already cutting spending to get ready for the hundreds of dollars a month he now expects to start paying back. Um, I'm cutting coffee every day. Like I'm basically building that as the end of the week luxury or gift. Just like, you know, if I want a snack, this or that, I'm like, do I need this? Do I need that? And also just like limiting how many times. I go out socially as well. And economist Sandy says on top of cuts in discretionary spending, like the ones Marcus is talking about, borrowers are going to start cutting back on basic necessities, especially in the face of the higher cost of living that people are already struggling with. People have to juggle, meaning, you know, they'll be paying late on this and then paying that. And then so it's going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of these folks that have been uh, able to uh, not pay on their student loan for the past several years. And Sandy also says once payment requirements ramp up and if borrowers do make their payments, this will take 50 to 60 billion dollars a year out of spending. Probably about a quarter point, uh, 0.3 percentage points of GDP. Some other economists are even more worried than Sandy including Thomas Simons, U.S. economist at Jefferies. It's almost like a tax increase. And Simons calls this impact very significant. $400 times 
45 million people is almost $18 billion a month in the aggregate. And that is roughly a little bit less than 1% of nominal monthly personal income. Megan says she is planning on cutting back on buying locally sourced food from upscale retailers and also cutting back on travel and on other big ticket items key to the U.S. economy as well. My car is so old, so I just think like when it dies, it dies and I won't buy a car. I won't have to worry about gas or anything. And Simon says the cutbacks like the ones Megan is talking about come at a bad time for the U.S. economy as people start to run out of savings they've been using to keep up consumer spending. I think that you know we're pretty close to the end of how much longer that can continue without more sort of rebudgeting going on and people shifting their spending more towards essentials. And as that happens, you know, there are knock-on effects that eventually lead to higher unemployment and unfortunately recession as well. Some borrowers have already shifted their spending to essentials and are still struggling, even without making payments, including Mariah, a 29-year-old in the Phoenix metro with an undergraduate degree as an athletic trainer who says as a first-generation college student, she thought her degree was the end of her problems, but it turned out to be just the beginning. I feel like I will never break even. Mariah says she was skipping some student loan repayments even before the pandemic moratorium began after salaries in her field failed to rise as much as projected and the cost of certifications intensified. And now, after a car accident and a layoff, she doesn't think she'll be able to start making payments again anytime soon. I did the math and I realized for every $2,000 I put in, I get about 4000 worth of interest. And she describes herself as worse off than some of her friends who didn't go to college. I do have friends that didn't go to college. And I honestly, I thought the joke was on them. And it's like the joke's on me. One thing that could help ease the pain, the Biden administration is now offering a plan that would let borrowers ease back into student loan payments over time. Zandi says reality will sink in for those who owe. It's not a gift. It wasn't a gift in the first place. It was a loan. I think students know that, understand that. And Sandy says borrowers who didn't get their degrees may struggle the most. And of course, for the borrowers who did keep making payments during the pandemic, they were able to pay down principal. And that's a good thing for their own balance sheets and for the economy. But especially for those who have not paid down their debt, Simon says that now you see it, now you don't shock of not getting flat-out loan forgiveness is going to have an extra impact on spending plans. Certainly, consumer and you know psychology is going to play into it a lot. And he says this will make millennial borrowers more cautious about spending long-term on things like buying a home. You think of this as like coming into the recession and then leading out to it in maybe like two or three years. That's where we'll start to see these psychological impacts, I think, really play out. As for the students we spoke to, Megan will be in graduate school this fall and avoid payments in the short term. Mariah is hoping to boost her income to cope, but even so, she's not sure she can make the payments. And Marcus plans to use every bonus he gets to pay down principal, meaning he says he expects to have to delay making big purchases like buying a home. For years, it puts a big wrench in the plans that I had. A wrench in the plans Marcus had, a possible wrench in plans millions of others had for their money. And as the Federal Reserve eyes more possible interest rate hikes, a potential wrench in plans for those hoping for a soft landing for the U.S. economy. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. 
Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.